0: Today, uh, Jesus talks about what is the goal or the meaning of our life in the sense of what brings us satisfaction. There was a scribe who was called a scholar of the law, which law here did not mean that he was um, not the kind of law that we think of. This was of the biblical law. This was of the Torah. And he was a student of that. And there was an ongoing debate amongst the rabbis about there's 613 commandments, there's thousands of interpretations of that. Let's bullet the law down to what we can manage. What can we truly be able to live by? And so that was a running debate amongst the rabbis. So the scribe approached Jesus with sincerity and desiring to know, Jesus, what do you think about this question since it's a, it's a really important topic for us in our day? And then Jesus uh, went to the Old Testament and from Deuteronomy he quoted, Here O Israel, the Lord your God. The word for hear means to listen with attentiveness to obey. It means to open your heart widely to the word of God because it is God himself speaking and talking to us. In the Hebrew language, the word for word of God was uh, devar, which means a force let loose into the world. Isaiah said it this way, when my word goes forth, it does not return void, but accomplishes the purposes by which it was sent. So God's word is more than just something on a printed page. It's, it's living, it's dynamic, it's life-changing. It engages us, encounters us. Of course, that word would become flesh in the person of Jesus, who would truly become the living, engaging word of God that would encounter us on earth. So, and Jesus does something else. He takes the, that commandment from Deuteronomy and adds to it the Leviticus commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, this is what it means. Uh, to, to love. And this is, would be where you find satisfaction and fulfillment in your life. Love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and your neighbor as yourself. The scribe was very satisfied with that. In fact, he was, he was captured by it. And Jesus saw the man had a great deal of understanding and said, you're not far from the kingdom of God. In our own culture, there's a lot of people who are not satisfied. In our own culture, there's a lot of people who are seeking satisfaction. You hear language like, I'm bored, you know, I'm dissatisfied, you know, um, I feel like I'm aimless and not really going in any direction. McDonald's had an ad out years ago that if you want to be happy, it was the Big Mac that would make you happy. Even today, they're saying it's the one and only mouth-watering per- uh, perfection, that kind of thing get the impression like this is, this is the be all and the end all of life. But you know, ads in our culture today, marketing, try to touch on that dissatisfaction in people's hearts. In fact, a lot of marketing is geared to do just that, to isolate the dissatisfaction and say, hey, buy my product and you'll be satisfied, you'll be happy. Why are so many dissatisfied though? One is pleasure doesn't satisfy us. Ecclesiastes chapter one says, no matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we're never satisfied. As I mentioned, most ads in our culture gear themselves to our dissatisfaction, satisfy. Buy this and you'll be happy. Well, pleasure doesn't satisfy. Performance doesn't satisfy either. A lot of people say if the more successful I can be, the more money I have, the more status I have, more power I have, more political power, the more political clout I have, the happier I'll be, the more satisfied I'll be. Ecclesiastes, says, again, a person is always working but never satisfied. We, we know and hear many stories of many people who have all the money in the world, all the fame in the world, all the status in the world, but they're very dissatisfied people. They're very dysfunctional in their relationships. Just look to Hollywood. Not a problem to figure that out real quickly. And then, Possessions do not satisfy. We think the more that we have, the happier we'll be. A bumper sticker in the 90s, 1990s read like this, the person who who dies with the most toys wins. Of course, it's a very fatalistic mindset, but it represented a materialistic mindset that the only thing living for was what you can possess. The happier I'll be if I can have the newest and latest thing out in the market. Of course, our market today produces more products than we know what to do with. In fact, they come out with them so frequently now. Just look at the whole smart smartphones. Every to, every year is almost there is a whole brand new release. Possessions do not satisfy. Ecclesiastes he says this: He who loves money will never have enough. The foolishness of thinking that wealth brings happiness. So what does satisfy, then? What's the secret to satisfaction? Jesus said it today in the Gospel. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Let's unpack that for a few minutes here. What does Jesus mean by that? What does it mean to love God with all your heart? For him, that he's the only one that can satisfy that hunger in my heart. Israel, after they got out of Egypt, They were were slaves to Egypt for 400 years, the Lord delivered them, what a great thing, but now they're in the midst of a desert (laughs) and there's 2.3 million refugees in the desert, right? And Moses has to take them across the desert and the people are complaining because they don't have enough food and water. And so the Lord provides for them, but this is what Moses says about their predicament. He says, God humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna. He did this to help you realize that real life comes by obeying every command of God, Deuteronomy chapter eight. If you have problems in your life today, if you have challenges in your life today, thank the Lord for them because those problems, those challenges are letting you know that you need him in your life. I'm convinced that if we didn't have any problems or challenges, we wouldn't need God at all. We would think we're okay, we can take care of ourselves, and we're good to go. Problems are a sign, much like driving to a destination, we look for signs to make sure we're on the right path. Problems are a sign pointing us to our need for God in our life, showing us that only in Him can our truest desires be fulfilled, that only He can fulfill the hunger of our heart. To love God with all your heart, then, means to make a commitment to have a personal relationship with him because in that personal relationship, we find the fulfillment of all the desires of our heart. To love him with all our heart, then, is to cultivate a, life of a, prayer, a time of prayer with him, a time of thanksgiving, a time to be with him each day but realizing that he's the one that can fulfill the deepest hunger is to us what breathing is to our body, because a prayer life says that, Lord, you alone can satisfy me, you alone can fulfill me, so much so I'm turning to you each day to develop a conversation around my life with you. Love God with all your heart. Next is love God with all your mind. What does Jesus mean by that, love God with all your mind? Our mind is a precious conduit of all kinds of things. Uh, uh, Paul says things like this, bring every thought into captivity, he says. Because the mind, everything filters through the mind, much like everything filters through the liver and our physical body. The mind takes in everything, good, bad, and ugly. It takes in everything. You know, um, Isaiah the prophet said this, why spend your money on what's not bread and on your labor which does not satisfy? He was talking about people who were filling their life with things that didn't matter. Sometimes we fill our minds with a lot of junk food you know, a lot of food that isn't good for us. You know, there's a clover fern that grows in Australia. It, they make it into bread, and it tastes like bread, actually, and it looks like bread. And you can eat your fill of clover fern, but, it'll, but after a while, it'll kill you because there's absolutely no nutrients, nothing in it. It's completely empty of any nutritional value, absolutely nothing. You can't find any fat in it, any, nothing in it. It will kill you. A lot of us are feeding our minds with junk food. We're listening to things, we're watching things, we're, we're opening our hearts and minds to things that is basically stealing life from our soul. You know, in our culture today, we need to be discerning about what we listen to, what we see, what we look at, where we go, out of us. I had a friend a couple several years ago, he, um, he thought he was in excellent health. So he was going to the doctor for his annual checkup and uh, while well, the doctor came out and said, Harry said, um, you know, your blood pressure's too high, your sugar level's too high. He said, you're overweight, you're not exercising right. I sa- he said, you're headed for a heart attack. My friend was completely taken back by that because he thought he was in good health. His standard of healthiness meant the doctor's standard of healthiness. And he found out that there was another standard out there that was challenging where he was and was at calling forth change from him. And so, fortunately for my friend, he yielded his heart and mind to the doctor's judgment and the doctor's standard of health and the doctor's authority over his health. And my friend got his life back in order. He, He went on a diet, his blood pressure went down, his sugar level went down, took out caffeine out of his diet, you know, he exercised, he had more vitality and energy than he ever had before. But only because he was willing to forsake his standards and take on the doctor's standards of healthiness for his life. And he changed, changed for the better. God has given us his word in the scriptures as our standard to live by and it is god's as it were standards of how to live our life and god has a viewpoint upon it like my friend who thought he was healthy until he meant the doctor's standard of healthiness sometimes we think we're doing okay until we get into god's word and we figure out well i'm not doing as well as i thought i was or i'm having a different ways of thinking that are different from god how god sees these things and of course my friend changed and that was good for him so that we need to change as well. God's word is a standard for us to live by that will bring healthiness and wholeness into our life. We're to feed our minds with God's word and not junk food, No, We're to feed our minds with how God sees things, and through that, we'll find out that we find satisfaction in our life. Love God with all your mind, and then finally, love God with all your strength. What does Jesus mean by that? It means to look to Christ for satisfaction in our life. You know, what we spend our time, our energy, our resources on will determine what our main priorities are in life. Someone once told me a long time ago, open up your checkbook and just study it and analyze it. You'll find out what are the priorities of your life by looking at your checkbook. You know. Sometimes what we spend our money, time, and resources on drains us of precious energy in life. You know, if you leave your car battery, if you leave your car lights on overnight, it's gonna drain your battery. and You're just not gonna have the energy to get your car going in the morning like you need to. Some of us can be exposing our hearts and minds to things that drain us of precious energy for our life. Sometimes living in the past of resentments and bitterness can drain us of precious energy. Sometimes living in the past of past failures we never seem to get out from where we failed, Can drain us of precious energy and life. You know, Disneyland and Disney World are the amusement capitals of the world. <laughs> and they're fun to be in. There's the thrill to be in the parks is a lot of fun. But it's a temporary high. You know, it's a temporary high. Yet some of us sometimes are spending our life on temporary highs. And it's draining us of precious energy life, and energy. Jesus said this. He said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So how do we handle all this? How do we, how do we love God with our heart and soul and mind and strength? How do we do that? Because it, it can feel like a, a great task to do that consistently in our life. When I was uh, six or seven, I started learning how to ride a bicycle. And uh, I was really apprehensive about it, and I was really, didn't think I could accomplish it, didn't think I could do it. My father got out there and coached me as best as he could, but I still had a lot of apprehension, until one day I discovered law of physics regarding riding bicycles. It's called the law of inertia. It goes like this, objects, objects in motion tend to stay in motion. So one of those, once the bike reaches a certain speed, you know, the bike will continue going. and. And part of the thrill of riding a bike is to discover the laws of inertia. Once you get the thing going, it takes off. The Holy Spirit is the law of inertia that the Lord gives our life. Sometimes we think, How can I love God with all my heart and soul and mind and strength? I don't know if I have the ability to do that all the time. The Holy Spirit is our helper, and His power is given to us to help us do that. It's kind of like getting it moving. Holy Spirit takes over you know when we start yielding our heart and say Lord show me Holy Spirit show me where I need to change give me your power and your grace to be able to change we find that he's able to pick up our struggles and challenges and finish them for us he's able to do for us what we can't do for ourselves the Holy Spirit is a game changer for the Christian they said Ezekiel said that there come a day when we'll get a new heart and a new spirit In other words, God will give us a new presence and power of himself living in us. That day would come through the death and the resurrection of Jesus when he died on the cross and was raised up and poured out his spirit upon us. And in the waters of baptism, we've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit to be God's helper and his power and presence to enable us to do what we can't do for ourselves. That's why around here at St. Patrick's, we spend so much time talking about and praying with people for a new release and fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because the Holy Spirit is a game changer for helping us, empowering us to be able to love God with our heart, and with all our mind, and with all our strength. That's the secret to satisfaction, is developing a friendship with the Holy Spirit who can empower us to do what we can't do in our own selves. So let's pray. Father, we thank you today for showing us the secret of satisfaction in this life, for calling us to love you with our heart and soul and mind and strength. And sometimes it can feel so difficult for us to do so, but Lord, you've given us the Holy Spirit, the helper, the one who comes to encourage us, the one who comes to comfort us, the one who comes to teach us, but also the one who comes to empower us to be able to do what we can't do by ourselves. So Lord, I pray this morning at this Mass that you would open our hearts to ask for more of the Holy Spirit in our life, more of his presence, more of his power, more of him at work so that we can love you with our heart, our mind, and with our strength and find true satisfaction in you. We pray this through Christ our Lord.